0: So Chris, the people want to know our secrets. How did we get this podcast started? Yeah, kind of a crazy story. We were both coming into this from the YouTube side, have never really done anything podcast-wise. We looked around, found Anchor by Spotify, really great service. It's completely free to use. They have some great stuff that you can just upload straight onto the website. You can actually record on the website. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. <laughs> Welcome into to another episode of So Rare in the States Baseball. My name is Chris, the MLS Card Guy, and I am joined by the Emmy winner, Trippin B. How are you today, buddy?
1: I'm great, brother. How are you doing? I know you've been traveling a lot lately, and uh, some of that is business travel on behalf of this podcast, so I'm anxious to hear about it.
0: It has been a wild ride. For those that don't know my schedule, I basically haven't slept in like four days, so if I say something stupid, don't hold that against me in this episode. Oh, this this we'll is not the first time
1: you've recorded an episode on sleep deprivation, either, right? That's so true. People should be used to it by now, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I don't know why anyone actually listens to this because I'm sleep deprived <laughs> most of the time and I'm just spewing nonsense. But if you guys like it, then we'll keep doing it. it um, must be there listening for me. It's got to be, you know. Emmy Emmy Winner, you just you, you pull in the people, you know, man of the people. No, oh, well, um, so we've got uh, our guest today is uh, the one and only Alex Huber. He's been doing some great stuff over on YouTube. Very data-driven, has some really interesting insights, and it should be really interesting to talk to him today. So how are you doing today, Alex?
2: I'm all right, man. Down here in uh, good old Tampa, waiting for Hurricane Ian to blow through, and I uh, I had to skip my show yesterday because I was under the weather, so I'm glad I could get some content in, talk some solar. I was kind of bursting at the seams, so glad I could join you guys.
0: Yeah, hopefully you stay safe down there and everything works out really well down in Tampa. And uh, it it doesn't... uh, doesn't get too bad, but uh, yeah, let's let's definitely get into it a little bit. So I guess we'll start as, as Trippin wants to start on, on the uh, the whole New York journey. Uh, so we went up to uh, New York. We got to meet some of the uh, some of the guys that work at SoRare. Um, we got to go to the Yankees Red Sox game, which was pretty sick on Friday Friday night last week. Um, so I drove up uh, Friday morning. Uh, parked at Yankee Stadium, took the subway down to the sewer office. We met, you know, had some drinks, talked a little bit. We all took the subway up to Yankee Stadium, and that was the most claustrophobic I have ever felt in my whole life. Just oodles of people packed in around me, all trying to get to Yankee Stadium to watch this game. The concourse was absolutely wild. Like five minutes before the game, there were like, it seemed like 100,000 people outside of Yankee Stadium trying to get in. Uh, got in, got to the seats, got to see the opening pitch. Wasn't, you know, anything too crazy. And just like the energy when Aaron judge would come to the plate, everybody was on their feet. It was dead silent. You could hear a pin drop and everybody's phone was out all at the same time, all pointed at the same thing. Um, and he didn't, didn't hit it that night. Obviously still hasn't hit it actually yet as we record this. Um, but it was, it was still electric and something that I don't think I've, uh, I don't think I've really had anything that, that kind of compares to that uh, as far as the electricity in the air. So whenever he does hit it, that'll be absolutely a magical moment. And then, so that was Friday night. Um, and then I, I, I dropped off a few of the guys at their hotels and then drove back because we had a game on Saturday. So I drove back overnight, uh, got back to my house at 9 AM, uh, tried to try to catch a few Z's, could not fall asleep and just went straight to the stadium Got there, worked that, worked that whole game. We had a, so they've they've made me the uh, the MC on the field, like running the the halftime show and everything. Now, as of like a week ago, so they had Congrats, like a salsa awesome. dancing. We had a salsa dancing competition. I don't know what happened. Like I don't know who was on the field. <laughs> I, it's just a blur to me. Like I don't know how I made it through that. Uh, got back, got back to the house, and then passed out. I don't think I got up to like two o'clock on Sunday. Um, but yeah, wild, wild weekends. Uh, it's been crazy the last couple of days too. So it, I'm glad we uh, glad we get a chance to talk here and we can talk. from so rare. Um, but yeah, the the Sower Meetup itself, awesome to meet everybody. We'll definitely be trying to do something, um, maybe the start of next year, like opening day, similar to how Nellis had for the opening of Premier League season. I think that would be really cool to get you know 50, 60 of us in a room and just hang out for a weekend because we're going to make some serious friendships and some good connections. Uh, and we definitely did that in New York. So um, Trippin obviously could, couldn't quite make it. His car had some troubles, so we missed him. Yeah, I'm so jealous. Uh, I, I
1: wanted to get yeah. up. I was going to drive up from Charlotte. And uh, actually, th- someone ran a red light and hit me two weeks ago, unfortunately, is why I had to cancel the the plan to drive to New York. But uh, we're working on the insurance end of that as we speak <laughs> but uh sounds like it was an awesome trip man like it would have been great to see the offices it would have been great to meet you in person you know we have a great rapport just and we've only met online it would be it'd be great to uh buy you a beer for sure i would have loved to meet bob see andrew laird my boy i've met him one time in person Would be great to see him in his home city i really wanted to meet you'll never walk alone also and uh mm-hmm. talk a little trash his way because uh you know great guest to the pod it's all in good fun but uh You know, we have some conflicting opinions on rare when it comes down to things at at times, so that would have been fun to see him in person, and, you know, it's nothing personal, obviously. So, yeah, really jealous that I missed out, Uh, unfortunately. Hopefully, I'll be at the next one, and opening day sounds good. It could be maybe, would it hopefully pair up with uh, Champions League late-round matchup? Could be uh, pretty nice.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, right around that same time. Also, Andrew Laird, I you know... We just got to put this out there. Laird is not the brains behind anything at Silver Data. Laird's kid is the brains behind everything. <laughs> that dude, he's naming off all the lineups for everybody. I showed him my lineup. He's like, this is crap. And I'm like, yeah, it is crap. Thank you for yeah, telling me. Yeah, I heard
1: that. I heard he told <laughs> like, you uh, your lineup yeah. sucked
0: is what he said. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I got I got the bottom. I got like the seven, eight, nine hitters for the Tigers. And he's like, yeah, why would you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. That's a great question. Like, what am I thinking? Um, I got to get so him on yeah. my show
2: and have him uh, tell oh, me where man. the data is steering me wrong. What I'm he's missing. He's
0: an absolute legend. This dude's gonna end us all. Like when he starts getting a team, like he picks Laird's team. When he starts getting his own team, worked on. We just he's won more tier ones than I have. Yeah. No. Not even. Not even a joke. We also had a good, good friend of the sh- good friend of the show. Miguel was there. Mm. Uh, had some really travel troubles. Awesome. Travel troubles getting there, but we did get to see him at the end of the night, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, and I know they stayed, I think, and went to like the Jets game and did a whole bunch of other stuff, so that was pretty cool. I Mark, you mentioned YNWa is a legend, of course. Um, so yeah, just getting to see kind of all the all the dudes for baseball is is pretty cool, and and getting to meet some of the Sower guys too. Like we we met the guy that runs the Sower MLB account, and we're like, oh yeah, we know you, like you you do all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good time, and again, something that we should absolutely uh, absolutely do at some point in the future with, with everybody, you know, get 50, 60 people together. Um, have you ever done any, like, meetup type things with, with your internet friends there, Hoop?
2: No, I've just... So, <laughs> I my whole journey through just sports gaming period, like, I hadn't ever even placed a bet in my life until the pandemic ran around, and I found... My buddy Keith, GatorGuy231, I found him on YouTube doing DFS content, um, and I just did that during the pandemic, and turned out he lived right up the road from me in Tampa, and uh, we connected that way, and then he became my realtor, and he sold me the place that you now see me in. So he is he is Damn. my lone internet friend that I've met, but we are now very close friends, and I talk to him more than I talk to my mother. Um <laughs> But then the whole crew was in Orlando, so I mean, that was like an hour away, and I would have gone had Keith gone, but he was having his second kid, so I didn't get to go meet anybody, but uh, I was was not quite integrated into that group yet, and I didn't want to just show up and be like, hey guys, what's up? But I look forward to it. I mean, one of my favorite parts about So Rare has been the community, and I, I look forward to it. And even just... This like tripping back to my DFS days. Like I think tripping was the last guy who didn't make my block list on DraftKings, and I swear, man, I played you every week and uh, head-to-heads. And I don't know if it was a rivalry to you, but it was to me. So like, this is kind of a seminal oh yeah, one.
1: oh of course, yeah, yeah. You didn't need to block <laughs> me. You you usually won. I'll, I'll 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 take the L on that one. You you. I don't feel like I good did. Good, so. I remember. Oh, yeah, we have anybody. to. I, we have to check the stats for that one. But, yeah, we definitely have to have to to battled on DraftKings, and now it's it's nice to be sort of uh, working together, but also competing on,
0: on Sober. It's good times. Yeah, man. We'll have to go to the analytics on that one, see who was actually in the lead. <laughs> exactly. um, but, yeah, I mean, talking about not quite being fully integrated, like in London, that was kind of the case. Like people just kind of showed up because they knew it was happening, and we just kind of all started talking, and we're just kind of all best friends, like content creators, not content creators, you know, people with big teams, small teams, you know, one guy didn't even have a team he just played common and he showed up and we're just you know all talking we all play the same game that's it's wild yeah, like that's you're, no you're just kind of like best friends division
1: and you go to a meetup that that speaks to the power of so rare. i <laughs> <It's state>. mean <laughs> it was like
0: 10 minutes from his house like it's not like it was that far but yeah i mean it was you know it was wild how you can kind of walk into a room with people that you've never met from completely different backgrounds completely different cultures in that case and just be complete best friends so um that's i think one of the most fun things for me about SoRare is meeting everybody in the community. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely... If, if nothing if nothing else, we'll put it together because it has to happen. You know, it has to happen. Um, so let's let's get into a little bit. There was a little bit of news uh, this week. SoRare announced that they're going to be issuing playoff tickets to winners of specific auctions. So you can win a unique card, which I'm sure you're buying a unique card to get a playoff ticket to a game. <laughs> um so i'm sure that really mattered a lot but then also what what i found more interesting was you can win playoff tickets off of the limiteds of those players which is a little bit interesting because some of those guys are not expensive at all so you'd expect to see those be quite a bit more expensive for the playoff ticket version if you want the playoff tickets um are you trying to get any playoff tickets there hooper you trying you trying to go after any of these guys or what's up
2: I found out with 30 minutes left in the Jake Cronenworth auctions that that was going on. Someone in uh, our Patreon Discord alerted me to it and said, hey, did you guys know about this? And I saw it, and I went, and I bought two for a total of $28, uh, I think, 0.01 Ethereum on both of them. And the other one that sold went for 0.04. But for some reason... You got four playoff tickets? Technically, I, wow. I haven't I haven't heard anything yet, but yeah, someone tipped me off to that, and I was like, I want to send my brother to a Guardians playoff game. Like, I'm not going to be able to make it, because Tampa won't be in Tampa, most likely. And so I bought one, and I tried to make sure I got one, and I ended up winning two. So I texted my dad, and I was like, hey, do you and mom want to go to a Guardians playoff game if I get these tickets? But once I hear, I imagine they're waiting until the matchups get set up, but yeah. once I hear about it, I'm going to try and put it in their names.
0: That's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, I I was thinking exactly the same thing. Like, I don't think I can leave with where we are in our season heading (laughs) into the playoffs. But, like, my parents could definitely go to the Braves game, and they'd love that. Like, my dad's been a Braves fan for oodles and oodles and oodles of years. I would have thought it would be way more than that because, you know, playoff tickets. Like, it's tough to get playoff tickets in some cities.
2: Yeah, I mean, the fact that I'm you know, wired into everything. So are MLB right now. And I didn't know until there was 30 minutes left, I think kind of tells you where the, I mean, someone had to send me the, the medium link and I had to read through it to actually find it. And then they're like, if you click, if you go to auctions and click special events, you can find all the cards that they're auctioning Yeah. for it. And so there's three Luis Castillo's uh, on Wednesday that are going up and they're all still at min price. Last I looked.
0: That's wild. Definitely got to take a look at that one. You trying to go to any playoff games or tripping? I don't think I'll have
1: time to make any MLB playoff games. I could get to a Braves game in, in theory pretty easily because I'm Charlotte's a short drive from there, but I uh, don't know that I'll chase it too hard, but I do think it's an absolutely amazing offer from Sober and just speaks to how much they've committed to, to trying to make MLB work and using MLB as an experimentation, sort of a testing ground for, the things that they might want to expand to other sports when, you know, they're going to have three sports soon and they're not all exactly replicas of each other. So, but they can use things that work in one sport and go to another. They've given away soccer tickets in the past, but this seems like, and they're giving away soccer tickets right now in an upcoming contest next week, I think in the soccer game, but this seems like the coolest, sort of the, the smoothest giveaway, of tickets that they've done so far uh, in, like you said, you haven't heard anything back, Alex, as far as officially getting your tickets for winning those auctions, but we assume it'll come through, but it just makes me realize how much so rare is aggressively, assertively pushing themselves into that whole real world rewards. And, and when they've talked about sort of their lofty vision and their lofty goals of like having NFTs rep- represent experiences and things that you can get in the real world so taking it beyond the digital and ma- merging the digital with the physical and like getting a chance to do certain things because you bought an nft this is the, one of the best examples that i can think of it so far in the platform's history
0: a hundred percent and i mean they did you know they did do ticket stuff i guess but did they ever i don't remember did they ever do a soccer auction of like a just a normal player, and you won tickets. No, you
1: had to like win a contest to get the tickets. Yeah, you soccer. had to. You had yeah. to
0: either win a contest, which is you know, even if you're the biggest fan in the world, you're you can't just choose to win a contest. You know, you got to win, um, or uh, you had to like. So they had like the contests where you like write in and say like why you're such a big Real Batiste fan, or you had to like win a competition, and you had to you know win signed jerseys and stuff like that from you know winning a specific week. This is the first one that I remember where you can literally just win the option and pay whatever you need to pay to get that experience. And if that's, I mean, it's playoff tickets. Like, that's a really cool experience. Imagine if it's on-field BP. Imagine if it's, you get to go meet Aaron Judge. Imagine if it's, you know, imagine like you get to go meet the player that you bought the NFT of. That's even Mm -hmm. like, the possibilities are endless here. Um, And you can really get into that situation where this goes beyond just um utility like right that's the the word we always use like we want to return on our on our nfts but this goes beyond that this goes into like lifetime experiences that you can't get any other way um so really really cool on that we've been critical on Sora in the past for doing you know for not doing some things that seem pretty simple um but I think we got to give some credit where credit's due on that one because this is something that they didn't have to do if they you know. Didn't come out with this, we would never have known that this was an option, or um, you know, even been disappointed because this isn't something with precedent in soccer. So, really, really cool on that one. Um, speaking of playoffs, playoffs are coming. We kind of know, kind of know who's going to be in it for the most part. Uh, some st- still some seating left to figure out. Is it worth trying to buy some of those guys? Is it worth trying to you know pick up an extra stack here, pick up a team there? pick up a couple players here or there, or or are you just going to kind of roll into the playoffs with what you got and see how far your players go and not really specifically focus on playoffs um, directly is what's, what's kind of your strategy on that. Alex? (laughs) So I, I started
2: prepping a little early. I did a show a little while back, just kind of trying to find like, all right, who do you think actually has a chance to make a deep run and like, can we identify some value guys? there? So like Chris Taylor was super cheap. And obviously the Dodgers can be in it until the, the end of it all. Um, I identified the blue Jays as, you know, an underrated team. Their, their prices were fairly low and their world series odds were I think like 8% and the Dodgers to win were like 12. So not that far off. Um, So I did some pre-planning. I got stacks for Toronto and Philly, even though, you know, like, I don't don't feel like either of those teams necessarily will make a run, but I wanted to put myself in a position where I could at least compete, but I wasn't going to break the bank to do it. And that's kind of been my my whole thing anyway. Like, I, I don't have a huge gallery. I don't have a ton of ETH. And I had, you know, I was selling off soccer cards that I wasn't using just to kind of scrounge up enough to... Make a competitive MLB team, and then my whole thing has been identifying values and just kind of moneyballing it. So I just used that approach and got ahead of it. But like, I wasn't like, "Oh my god, I have to play through the entire playoffs." If I'm not, you know, fielding all four teams during the playoffs, I'm not going to enjoy the playoffs. But I'm going to see how long I can survive. You know, I might just run out. Might just be my my Chris Taylor against. My Degrom limited in the NLCS. I don't know what it, what's going to come of it, but I didn't I didn't sell the farm to do it. But I definitely wanted to extend my utility as long as possible. And I'm also selling off like I sold off a of Brian Reynolds today that I won for way more than he should have gone for, frankly. But it's not my problem. But I uh, <laughs> have a week of the season left, and like I'm not going to use it until at least I know what is doing in the off season. So that was kind of my approach with it.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that I would put myself in a similar vein, maybe a, even a little more passive than you're being, because I just kind of decided looking at my budget, looking at the ETH I have on site and how much I want to spend and knowing that I do I kind of want to dip my toes into NBA and I have some soccer cards I still have to buy. So, Raiders becoming like a multi sport thing. Obviously, we love to focus on hardball here and it's appropriate to do so, but just not knowing exactly what's what, I don't really want to spend that much on like buying new cards just for a few weeks of playoff utility. I have a lot, I have a decent amount of Braves and uh, other playoff cards, if the Orioles could rally and make the playoffs, I think that would help me a lot, but we'll see. I, I I don't, I have a few Blue Jays, you know, like I have enough to probably play a rare and a limited team for the first few weeks of the playoffs then who knows what will happen to when the World Series comes around. I don't want to sound too hypocritical because this is not something, I'm just telling you that I'm not really doing this, but I will say when you, when you hear you say that and you hear me say that and like two of the people that have been like super engaged in this platform to, with Decent results, you know, we've, we've had our share of wins so far in the two months of this game. Like, if you're listening out there and you hear two people that are, like, really into it saying, ah, I'm going to probably uh, backpedal a little bit, you know, take the pedal off in the playoffs, that's an opportunity. You know, that's, like, that's your chance. If, if you know people are kind of, like, blowing off the playoffs a little bit, well, hey, spend a little money, win some contests. Like, make hay while the sun shines, I think, has been my operating motif for this whole – soft launch first half season of so ram like i'm trying to win as many rewards as possible and hold on to them and not really focus on selling them although that was a nice brian reynolds sale i will definitely give you props for that but like i'm just trying to build as big of a collection as i possibly can and the more free cards that i add to that the better so like if you think you can go in there and take advantage of the fact that a lot of people aren't really focused on the playoffs well if you do then it's a little easier to win i can't fault that strategy at all whatsoever
0: and yeah, I I'm,
2: ca- I'm definitely not making more purchases at this point to just sneak into the post Like I have, Same. I have more Ethereum liquid right now than I have, you know, since the the launch of MLB. And I'm slowly moving into the super rare division. And I almost bought a. Speaking of the Orioles, a Jorge Mateo was like within my my grasp uh, for what I had liquid and. Projections wise, he's like kind of middle of the road. I was like, he's better than what I got, and I was like, yeah. But if they're not going to make the postseason, what's the point? So I, I kind of backed off, but I'm still thinking about it.
0: Yeah. So I think that's an interesting um, kind of spot that you mentioned there, tripping to kind of go in where other people aren't going in. Um, and I guess I, being the completely unstrategic, just kind of randomly buy everyone that I like, kind of player, I feel like most of my gallery has like two players from each team so it doesn't really matter which team (laughs) ends up making a run like I'm gonna probably have like four players so if I have three quarters of a stack am I gonna go buy the extra player so that I can have a full team yeah I probably am am I gonna pay more for that player if it's a playoff premium probably not you know like I'm not looking to go and buy like Big name like Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, who's going to win me rewards mm. during the playoffs. To your point, I'm just looking for the the guy that's going to give me in, like to Chris Taylor, you know, the Robbie Grossman from Atlanta. Like, you know, I'm just looking for that that guy that's just going to play, um, and maybe isn't going to be great because you know, you know, you never know who he may go off, have some some great games. Um, but I think my focus to your point. Um, I'm because I'm still buying players like I'm I'm actively buying players, but I'm buying players that are not going to make the playoffs because I'm buying for next year. I'm, I'm already like planning out teams for next year. I'm, I'm already got like, I want to play in this division. I want to have this many teams. I want to have this many players. I want to have this many pitchers, blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's my focus. Like this is as low as the price is going to get. Maybe we see a drip, a drop when the NBA comes out, but this is about probably as low as it's going to get for most of these guys. Um, so I've kind of already got my whole thing for next year going. Um, I, so think I guess that's, that's
2: as viable. A strategy is yeah. buying for the postseason too, because you could buy for the postseason and still be buying for next season. But if there are right. better values on the market for what you want to spend, like there's absolutely no problem with
0: that. So I don't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's where me being an idiot is kind of paying well, off. So
1: well, well it. we don't know if you're an idiot or not, though, Chris, because, like, the real deal is I, this is where I'll get on my quick soapbox and just say, hey, Sora, help us out a little bit here. Can we get some clarity? The The, the regular season's about to end. The playoffs significantly reduce the amount of teams and cards in play. So can we get a little bit of an announcement or some clarity on – What's going to happen in the off season? Will you be running auctions at the same rate? Will you be throttling? Will you be killing off the auctions and just totally waiting till pitchers and catchers report to start selling cards again? I doubt it, but like not knowing is, is in many respects. So rare as a knowledge game, it it, regard either sport that we've worked with. It's all about knowledge. So like not knowing is the, the thing that drives so rare players absolutely crazy. So yeah. when that source of the, the non-knowledge is the game itself, that makes it even more frustrating. So, hey, you know, like, uh, hook us up a little bit here. Let us know what the plan is.
2: So and they've already ML- they've got a whole half season of, you know, games from this year. So, like, that makes 86% of the player field, like, fieldable in these games that were played early on and, like, didn't even get scored. So...
0: so Am I am I like kind of off my rocker here for just kind of assuming that this is going to be the same as server so, so soccer like football? I'm like, because in the off season of those sports, yes, there's another league going on, but they're still auctioning cards. So I kind of expect them to continue auctioning cards, a little bit of a slower rate, but not like I, I don't think it anything doesn't feel really same changes. To me.
1: It doesn't no? feel the same to me because when one league in in soccer goes out and goes to the off season there's still other leagues going on. So soccer feels like a truly year-round and that's even going to continue as they as they add more when they you know the Norwegian league plays in summer so you get all of a sudden you have European games in the summer that you didn't have before. I strongly believe that soccer will add the Australian league in in the next couple of months. They get started in October so like I think that becomes another Asian league that's playing. So, like, soccer, the calendar's vary year-round, whereas this is Major League Baseball. Yes. So it's not – we're not doing the uh, Caribbean leagues. We're not doing the Korean league. We're not doing the Japanese league. You had – we were talking on a a chat earlier – I think this week, Alex, and we were talking about, I wonder if there'll be spring training games. Someone brought that question up, I think, in your Patreon. And it was like, oh, that would not. be insane, but at least it would get us some action. But, like, it, would be funny. it doesn't feel the same. MLB is, like, a hard stop. It's like when the World Series ends, there's no more MLB games. And so it's like the sport comes to a stop, whereas so, in soccer, that never happens.
0: But look at, look at an individual league, right? Like, look at the MLS. It's on the exact same schedule as baseball. Like, starts in March, ends around October, you know. If you look at MLS cards, they still auction them in December. Yes, there's Premier League and all this other stuff going on. But for the MLS League itself, by its one single entity, they still run auctions the entire offseason when there's no utility for any of those cards. And they don't have, you know, there's no replays of games or anything. There's other just, stuff you going on in the
1: soccer world to play. It's, it doesn't, it just feels, it feels different to me because there's other stuff, there's other soccer going on and it's like soccer never truly goes away yes MLS is on a break but and yet so yeah and there's there's not that many cards like if because there's other like yes you're saying I guess I'm trying to find the distinction here yes they are auctioning off-season MLS cards in their daily auctions but that's in the mix of a bunch of other cards that they're also auctioning that day that have utility because they're auctioning a ton of European and Asian cards so like in baseball, like every single car that would come up for auction when the World Series is over has no utility. That's why it feels different, if that
0: makes any sense. Yeah. No, that's that's a completely fair point. I do think they'll continue territory. to auction
1: them. why would yeah. why would they turn off a money spout? Yeah. You know, like, no, I the cards are selling, so why would they not stop why would they stop selling them? That makes no sense. But I just and, I don't know exactly how it's going And to I
0: mean from my perspective, I'm buying cards for next year. If I buy them in a month, I have to wait one month less until next year. You know, I buy them in two months from now. So wait two two months less than I do if I buy them right now. So, like, there's really no difference between buying a card right this second that's not making the playoffs. Since,
1: Since they haven't told us, like, what would you guys want to see happen if it was your decision?
2: My two would be three plays of the first half of the season. Just pick a random sample of three or four games or, you know, three or four days and then the other thing i want is the world baseball classic which i was excited about and then realized it's like right up against or towards the tail end of spring training so it really wouldn't tie us over too much but it would still be as exciting as all oh, get out and also it like i like the idea of injecting different levels of values to some guys like the fact that you know i, I think i posted the other day a uh, video of when kenley jansen was playing catcher for the netherlands you know 10 years ago in the world baseball classic like all of a sudden we care about some guys that we don't necessarily it's kind of like when a player in football transfers to another team and you have to reconsider what their role is going to be something like that we could actually have that in the spike in the the utility of certain guys in baseball based on the world baseball classic and you know you might get three games out of it but still it's it's fun it's, it's an engaging platform, and I'm enjoying it so much. I just kind of want to see as much as possible. So those are the main yeah. things.
0: I, I don't think you're wrong at all. And, I mean, this is kind of a personal choice question. Um, but, I mean, my personal choice, again, I think World Baseball Classic is a must. Just because it's, it's almost like the World Cup, right? Like, it's international. People care more about the international stuff, almost. Like, it's more fun to root for your national team uh, against other teams than it is to root for, like, some random professional team that happens to play in your city. I mean, it's still cool, but um, yeah, I think the world baseball classic would be cool. I personally, I don't know that I would love replays just because to some degree, you already know what's happening. Like, you know, you know, certain guys had bad years this year, you know, so you don't really, you know, you just sell them off, you know, you go pick up judge. Cause it doesn't matter what week you picked. He hit three home runs every single week. So, whatever week you picked, Judge is going to win the week most weeks. Yeah, but Um, who do you play? So, I'm not. Whoever else hit three home runs all all year long. (laughs) Who else did that? Goldschmidt. (laughs) I mean, Goldschmidt's had a massive year. Like, you just pick up the guys that had massive years, and it's like, yeah, but you already know that. Like, I'm I'm trying to figure out who's going to have a great year next year. That's what I'm buying right now. Um, I don't really care about who did what this year. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's completely personal preference. As far as auctions, very, very, very selfishly. I'd love to see them not auction off injured slash suspended players But as of the end of the year because then my Aussie Albies is a one of two instead of a one of potentially 500 or something. Oh, I didn't know you um, got that. I got one of the two limited Aussie Albies. Oh, yeah,
1: that, was, that was a big thing. That was the a last big episode. thing.
0: Oh, yeah, because I have, I I have the, all of the limited Braves. So I needed to get the Ozzy Albies and I way overpaid for it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would selfishly not want to see auctions but you know and just in general the fewer the auctions the more valuable our stuff is so right. why would i want the, to see the more fewer,
1: options fewer cars that say year one edition in bright correct. bold letters across the bottom the better for us to have those correct. cards. So but correct.
0: that's completely selfish i don't think that should happen per se um so yeah it's okay to be I, selfish
1: I we're, we're playing so rare you know we're all we're all in it for ourselves ultimately
0: yeah, I'm still here to have fun, though. So if, Spoiler alert. If Sober yeah, well. <laughs> needs to sell, this, sell stuff during the offseason for us to have more fun next year, then let's go for it. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's personal preference, though, as to, as to what he happened. Um, I know yeah. a lot
1: of uh, people, you know, the 2019ers, as they'll someday be known, the people who played SoRare soccer from the very beginning, they, they talk about how replays saved the entire platform during covid when when there was no soccer going on but so that that I get was that, that was a necessity thing but i don't yeah. necessarily
0: need to see it this winter for baseball myself and that was something that was completely unplanned right like mm-hmm. baseball you're gonna have an off season every off season whether you like it or not whereas in soccer that was like a world pandemic happens yeah um so like we weren't really planning on that happening the black
1: swan event uh yeah <laughs> every shape yeah. way in shape and
2: form
0: exactly exactly so like yeah, I ahead. think the main reason, just
2: really, I, I think the main reason I really want replays is, is because the majority of my rare soccer cards are Asian. So they <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> the need something You need something. Yeah, <laughs> not
0: like go play. Have, go play I NBA. I, could,
2: I was gonna say I can get in yeah. NBA, but uh,
0: if you if you look I'm at NBA and baseball as the same sport, like you look at sock different soccer leagues as the same sport, then uh, then you'll be good. Tripping, your cat is definitely trying to take out your Emmy there behind you I don't know if you, I don't oh, know if you yeah, care or... my, okay. my cat's
1: an asshole yeah but it's all yeah. good
0: <laughs> no that's cool I've been, i just, just want to make sure time. you know he's like trying to take out scars and stuff so yeah well the,
1: he he me. knows that the Emmy is my first love and uh the other <laughs> Emmy is my second love and he's somewhere fighting for number three on the list <laughs> my daughter's oh, in boy. there somewhere as well I should say <laughs>
0: We are devolving quickly here. I have not slept in a while. I don't know. What, have you guys not slept in a while? Is this what's happening right now? Like, I don't know. I've been sick and prepping for a hurricane. I haven't slept at all. There you go. Most, I just
1: assume anyone from Florida is on bath salts 24-7, to be honest, Alex. So, <laughs> don't, yeah.
0: don't give away all my secrets. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, just kind of quickly here, when, and this was a, a, a topic that you guys had covered, I guess, last week. When to kind of trust the data and when to kind of trust the eye test and go with your gut? Because obviously there's this big, you know, push and pull in in, you know trying to figure out what you know if if the data says that a guy's good and your eye test says "Eh, he's not really swinging very well or vice versa. um, How do you kind of deal with that? Like how do you how do you break that down? So I guess just give us kind of a brief overview of where of where you stand, and then maybe we can react as well. So yeah, I mean, I'm kind of. I'm in
2: the middle of it myself because I'm doing projections now and some people wanted my projections and said, Hey, I'll pay you for them. And I was like, I'm not an idiot. I'll, I'm doing them. I'll sell them. So as I've been doing them, th- there was a week where I just blindly trusted it. I was just like, Oh yeah, my projections came out and this dude pops. He was hurt. And I played him. Cause I was just like, yeah, man, projections, take them. So that's, that's a was strategy, that, was that- Cotton.
1: Was that was that Patrick Wisdom by chance?
2: I did play Patrick Wisdom um, <laughs> when he did pop, and I don't know that he was hurt. He was just not swinging it well. And... Yeah, yeah.
1: Because I checked your, pro- I, I played yeah. Wisdom one time on one of your projections, yep. and he was yep.
2: out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All good, and...
1: hey, hey, you got to make. I had to make the choice. You know, the projection is just a tool.
2: Right. Exactly. And I was just kind of leaning into it too much, and. I also am a person, like, some people really like to check batter versus pitcher stats, and I'm a firm believer that the sample size nine times out of ten is not going to be big enough for that to be actionable data. And I have some people in my Discord who swear by it and have gone with it and it has worked out for them, and that's fine. Like, I'm I don't pretend to be right because I look at the numbers and say this makes sense to me. Some people have a different approach. So, yeah, Uh, Keith and I talked about it on our joint show last week, and he's he's way more of a, not an eye test guy, but more of a traditional research, go with his gut and feel sort of guy, whereas I am like, I am paralyzed in any decision making in any part of my life if I don't just have hard facts. I can't think for myself. For anything. I need numbers. I need logic. I need I need it all spelled out for me. I love catch-all metrics that'll just give me the answer. And that's not always the answer. And I wish I could be more like Keith in a lot of ways. And I don't know if he wishes he could be like me in a lot of ways, but
0: uh, We all wish we could be like you.
2: Nah, I don't know about that. I don't <laughs> know about that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting line to walk. And I think baseball, this was always something that was going to work well for me because when I was a beat writer, it was right when all the StatCast stuff started coming out and I like jumped into it with both feet and learned it early and figured out what actionable data was and what it wasn't. And I think the first question I ever asked Terry Francona was about uh, Josh Tomlin's fly ball to home run ratio. And Tita looked at me like I had three heads and uh, I had to figure it out. and not make myself look like an idiot. And that kind of was the impetus for me on that. But all of that to say, like, I learned it and knew how to apply it because this is just a this is just a numbers game. And if you try to, if you feel too confident about anything going into, like, a one-game sample size or a three-game or a four-game sample size, like, it's going to chew you up and spit you out. So there's a level of confidence that I have in the numbers that I'm looking at but also I'm okay with accepting randomness and variance and you get so much of that in baseball, but I don't know what y'all's approach is and I'm still trying to find mine was kind of the, uh, the point of all of that, as is I'm walking that line and trying to balance it.
1: If, if it wasn't for randomness, I wouldn't win. So yeah, I need I need some randomness <laughs> right. in my life for sure.
0: Absolutely. I but still I do don't win even with important. randomness. Yeah. I still don't win even with randomness. Um, what do you think, Chris? Do you, are you are you a data guy or are you a field guy? So I mean my job for the Riverhounds is to analyze data. So I mean I, I would be kind of going against everything I believe if I said no data's stupid. That being said, data's kind of stupid. Like you <laughs> so you I mean, basically what I was kind of taught and what I, I, I believe is data points you in the right direction and data makes you look at things differently but then you have to use something else to actually make the final decision. Like data only gets you so far and data gets you maybe 60, 70, 80% of the way there, whatever it is. But then there's got there's something else that goes into it and call it gut, call it eye test, call it, you know, everybody uses their own separate thing to, uh, to kind of make that final decision. Um, but there are times that you have to go against it. And listen, like you, you may not even be right. Like, you know, Talking about the randomness of it, we're playing three and four games at a time in a 162-game schedule. And even 162 games at a time, there's a certain amount of pure randomness. Like, guys just randomly have down years, like whole years, and we're playing four games at a time. So you could make the complete right decision, say, like, that's a great matchup. This guy is, is going to rake against this pitcher. For whatever ha- For whatever reason, it just doesn't happen doesn't mean it was the wrong decision uh it just means that you know there's randomness and it's this is this game is hard like if you're if you're coming in here planning on winning every single week and dominating and knowing exactly what's going on you are in the wrong game basketball is the game for you yeah right (laughs) because that's way less there's there's great data and analytics in basketball as well and is way more um focused and repeatable i would say whereas baseball It's just completely random. So, yes, I will use the data to analyze hitters and look at hitters in in specific ways. And obviously, you know, guys can't hit lefties, guys can't hit righties, guys can't hit in certain ballparks. You know, some guys are power hitters, some guys are are base stealers. All of that stuff is data. I'm, I'm looking at data to figure out all of that stuff. But when it comes down to it, it might just be this guy's hot, this guy's not hot, this guy has been swinging well, this pitcher has really been bad. Um, there may not be an, an actual reason for it. And, hey, I'm, I'm not any good at this game anyway. I don't claim to be. Uh, I just kind of throw out my lineups and have fun with it. So we see, kind of see what happens, you know. So um, I think it's somewhere in the middle, but I, I do – I think data is like more than half of it for sure. What do you think, Trippin? I
1: think data can get you to the parking lot and your feel needs to help you choose the right parking spot. You know, like it, it's the data sort of is your process of elimination can help you get rid of a lot of guys. But when it comes time to like pick and choose who you actually want to tie your fate to, then you have to bring in a little bit more, not just like go with my gut not just being like, uh, I think it's this guy and just like randomly choosing a guy, but like you, there's data and there's context. It, it becomes the context of the data and like, Okay, so and so is has a really good. Uh, I'm with you, Alex. I'm not a believer in BVP at all. I don't think. B- I, I'm my mantra is that BVP doesn't exist. I do believe in PVB. I think it's a little bit easier. If uh, I think it's easier for a pitcher to own a batter necessarily because they might know the batter's tendencies and the pitcher is the aggressor in in the in these situations. So a batter is has to be reactionary at best to what the pitcher doing. So. That's why I don't really believe in batter versus pitcher, especially because of the sample size issues. I do think a pitcher can can sort of know how to get certain batters out personally, but that's just what I think. But, but yeah, like, so, like, it's all about context. Like I said, like, okay, so-and-so does really good in this ballpark or against left-handed pitching or, you know, their, their hard hit rate to get into some more advanced stuff, you know, from StatCast, like their hard hit rate is up 10% in the last – 20 games compared to the first 60 games of the season yeah you're going to look at something like that but like what becomes actionable you really have to dig deep i like that word you used a lot alex i always say uh, predictive but i think actionable is even better and like uh so knowing how to utilize data and not just like sorting a spreadsheet by the column of like uh best obp in the last 10 games or something like that that you don't just like automatically pick the guy at the top of the list you look at the top five guys and be like all right who are they facing what have they done recently do they have injury concerns i i like to go even deeper like you know who's their girlfriend you know did they just have a kid uh is there a hurricane bearing down on their home city you know things like that and, and you know i you just Anything you can do to add context is gonna help you ultimately make the most informed decision. It may not always turn out to be the right decision, but hopefully it's a better decision uh, in terms of qualitativeness.
2: Yeah, if I could get my data, I think my goal would be to get my data to be like 90% of the way there. I'm not saying it is, (laughs) it's far from it. Uh, There's still a lot of things that I really wanna incorporate into my own projections, but like the weights and stuff, I want to remove as much of myself from the decision-making as possible. But I need to be able to make the decisions regard. Like, there's nothing that's ever going to take 100% of it and just like here's just just lock it in. I'm gonna have to make the decisions. So, yeah, I'm just trying to find those weights and figure out where I need to put certain weights in the projections. And also, I need to like I'm using median projections, but like median projections aren't winning you a game week. And and I've won, I've won a lot of prizes. I've won a lot of rewards, a lot of T3s and T2s using median projections. But like, I also need to begin to predict upside and find some multipliers there and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's knowing what's actionable and knowing what you know. And... It's it's going to be a never-ending battle for me, especially with like how I am. And like I said, but making those decisions, I often try not to have to make them. And I need to get as good at that as I feel I am at projecting
0: medians. And I, I think there's one more thing that is kind of more fun about this way. Like, right? Like if you can get data to give you 90% of the answer you can use whatever you want for the last 10%. Like I'm just going to start my brave stack in every single game, unless there's some reason not to, I'm going to root for my team because it's more fun that way when I, when I do that. So, and it, it's not the right or wrong decision. You know, it may not be the most optimal, but if I'm using data to optimize most of it, and then I use that extra 10% just as a tiebreaker and go, you know, if I can't decide I'm going with the Braves. like I might as well. Um, it's just more fun that way. And it, it that's ultimately what all this is about is not, is yes, trying to, you know, have some utility and, and win some cards and build for next year and all this stuff. But at, at the end of the day, like we do this because it's fun. Like it's a hobby, right? It's it's a great way to connect with other people and to enjoy baseball more. Whatever whatever way that I'm going to enjoy baseball more is the way that I'm going to set my lineup. Um, so that's something that that I think is interesting. Now, kind of going off of that, and saying, you know, data can only get you so far. What do you guys think about, like, the clutch factor? Because there's certain guys that I just think of. I think of playoffs, and I think, boy, that guy's really not that good. But then it gets to the playoffs, and it's like, who is this dude? He just rakes every year in the playoff. And guys that come to mind is like David Freeze from the Cardinals back in the day. Like he was never really oh. any good. Why I always brought him up have
1: to say that. Bro. I almost
0: brought him up earlier, and I was like, "Oh, Triple will kill me if I you do that." You guys know he can't uh, kill me. Come on, we
1: don't <laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't talk about 2011. Come on. Wait, what?
0: What happened? Did something bad happen? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. I, I blacked out the entire uh, postseason.
0: Uh, okay, so that was a bad example. I mean, David even Ortiz, Derek Jeter. Yeah, David. Yeah. I was I was gonna say Derek Jeter, like great, good player during the regular season. Yeah. He was a Hall of Famer in the playoffs every year, though. It's not my fault it's that like, the
1: Braves have no clutch postseason hitters, Chris. All right? Oh, God.
0: God. I've to- <laughs> made him Brave, mad. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to hear about the Braves. I'm the Cleveland guy.
2: <laughs> this
0: Braves is devolving really quickly. Really the
1: only team they beat. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> hey, we beat the Astros last year. Okay. Um, no, like, I, yeah, you, you get my point, right? Like, um there's some guys that also can't do it it's the reverse like they're great in the regular season and horrible in the playoffs is that a thing or is that just small sample size or is that what, what do we what do we think about that I'll start with you Alex
2: again like I will probably say small sample size because I can hide behind that to a certain degree like um, unless you get I don't know 60 to 80 plate appearances, which is like a career for good players in the postseason, like then I I would have to back off of it. But there's, I mean, there's got to be intangible factors. I don't think there's any argument against that. You don't think Derek Jeter is up there just completely locked in because he had 40,000 drunk screaming fans behind him, like year after year, series after series. And he didn't just replicate that. Like, absolutely. But at the same time, so did A-Rod and yeah. he was horrible in the playoffs pretty much all the time, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So, well, like, I think that's something just, to it.
0: that's just like personal makeup, right? Like Jeter rose to the Mellon, A-Rod, you know, didn't. And A-Rod has to his credit, A-Rod has some unbelievable regular season numbers. But you're right, like the only reason he won a ring was because of Jeter. Like <laughs> the only reason he's he, he's he's there is because he was a Yankee and that was Jeter's team, even in the regular season when everybody knew A Rod was a better player, but sure. Jeter was the one carrying the team, leading the team, and when they got to the postseason, Jeter was the one that came up with the big hit. So yeah, I mean to to your point that's exactly right. Who's who's a big clutch guy for, for Texas, they're tripping? They have anybody well, that was tr- good?
1: You've traumatized this Rangers fan uh, twice now in the same episode in the span of a few minutes, bringing up David Freeze and Yankees A-Rod, but I'm going to let it slide. The best Clutch Ranger hitter that I can think of will probably be Adrian Beltre. That's
0: what I was going to say,
1: Absolutely dominant in the playoffs uh, for the Rangers. I got to give a shout out to my boy, Josh Hamilton, as well. You brought up the, the 2011 series where the Rangers surrendered the lead on the David freeze hit off the wall in the bottom nine. But what no one brings up is that Josh Hamilton went and hit a two run home run in the top of the 10th to re give the Rangers the lead. And our bullpen blew it again in the bottom of the 10th. So, or I think in the 11th, excuse me. So, uh, uh, yeah. Josh, the Hamilton, David clutch, Adrian, Beltré, clutch and clutch genes exist. Obviously clutch, ability exists like alex mentions intangibles that's 100 true it's difficult to measure i also think that it's fleeting it's the type of thing it's kind of a light, lightning in a bottle where a specific guy can get hot for and and become clutch for for a short term and it may not last it may not last till the next post let's say they're on a good team and they're in the playoffs every year they might have one really good postseason and then follow it up with a bad postseason so i don't know that it's actionable it's 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 the type of. it's more like a wave that you just have to sort of latch onto and ride from time to time, but you also have to be ready to get to get off. It's kind of like form in soccer in, in the way that like yes it's it'd be it'd be silly to say that everyone that there's not a difference with the way certain batters perform in a clutch situation with, with extra pressure and playoffs and games on the line and stuff like that. Obviously that's real. Is it something that you can build lineups around Probably not. But it is something that you can latch on to for extremely short term. You can find a guy who's hot at the right time, in the right place, and you you can maybe take some risks or just, you know, believe, have blind faith, and it can work out for you. I don't think it's a, a way to like really it's like it's not like you're gonna buy a card of a guy in April next year and be like Oh, this guy's so clutch! You know, I I'm buying him right now in April because he'll have a decent regular season, but then he'll be
0: really good in the playoffs. So I know, like that's not just well, I'm you buy him take- now, right? Like the postseasons now, so you buy him. I for already the told post-season. you, I'm not buying
1: any new cards for the playoffs. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think there's a difference too that we need to to kind of get out there between being hot during a postseason and being clutch your whole career and doing it over and over again. Like, Jock Pedersen got hot last year for the Braves. Is he clutch? Eh, probably not. You know, he just was he, good for a month. Like, it just happened to be in the playoffs.
1: He had a really good uh, playoff run for the Dodgers also, though, a Did he years ago. So,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe he is clutch. I don't know. He, yeah, he might actually be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's on the Giants, so he's not gonna make the playoffs. Well, that solves yeah, that. Yeah, if he
2: was, if he was clutch enough,
1: one of those earlier teams would have held on to him instead of sending his ass to San Francisco for sure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we had another guy like Charlie Culberson of of your Rangers. Now we call him Charlie Clutch because every time he was up, if he hit, he hit like I don't know. I want to say like two twenty. I don't think he was a good hitter. But it seemed like every time he got a hit, it was like in the eighth inning when we were tied, and it would like put us yeah. ahead. It a was a lot of times fans of those weird guys.
1: Fans Michael can Harris sign like a, that a clutch roll. Like fans will call, start calling a guy clutch without really having actual data to back it up. A lot of times too, because they'll just also have true. an anecdotal memory of one or two <laughs> yeah. times where a guy got a hit.
0: But like Michael That's... Harris, I think is hitting like four hundred after the seventh inning, or four fifty, or like he's hitting in the fours as far as I that know. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. In fact, um, it's good. Just an interesting, interesting one. Um, yeah. So you, any other, any other thoughts about that before we move on to our, our last little topic here? I was trying
2: to, I was trying to pull up the win percentage added, uh, in the clutch on fan graphs, but I, it's been too long since I've been, poking around on that website for me to get there quickly enough. I thought I was going to be able to unearth some good gems, but yeah, you said clutch in the first person I thought it was Roberto Perez. Cause he hit a bunch of homers in the world series for my Cleveland boys. So uh, I don't know that he's ever going to get that chance again. I don't know if we're going to find out if he's clutch, but not exactly the guy that you think of when it comes to a long-term
0: batting prowess. No, not a guy that I'm building my team around. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Um, I, and I guess, I guess, kind of our last little little topic here. You have a story for us, story time with Tripping about a uh, about the market making some rash decisions. Oh, let's uh, uh,
1: yeah, let's let's uh, let's tell a little story here, just a real world example of how being uh, weak and making lowball offers. For cards that you know you want, uh, can always come back to buy. It almost always comes back to bite. you. For every story I have about a great deal that I got by nickel-diming some other owner on a card, I have ten other stories about the times that I made a low-ball offer, didn't end up with the card, and then I, the card went off. So the latest example would be this week in Super Rare Division. I I've, I've started looking ahead on Saturday at this game week, and I'm like, "Okay, who do I want for this game week? Do, do I like?" I'm starting to. Because my my teams all did terrible last game week, so I was pretty much checked out of it early in the weekend. So I started looking ahead to game week 20. I'm like, all right, there's only a few left to really hit hard before the playoffs. What do I want to do? I'm in the super rare division. I've been lucky enough to win a couple super rare rewards. So I have two starting pitchers, Romance Contreras and Jordan Lyles, not superstar pitchers, but they are both – probable for this week and I'm thinking which one do I want to start you know as I build the rest of my lineup and then I look and I see the Orioles are are on a four-game week they got a four-game series against the Red Sox on this midweek a lot of teams are only playing two games this week so there's an even extra advantage most are playing three there's only two teams playing four games and it's Red Sox and Orioles Orioles have been nice so I said to myself okay hey I need to get some Orioles right so I look who do I want and we love to talk about I don't know what you think about this Alex but like we Chris kind of tr- taught, talked me into this, like, you don't go full stack. Even if you like a team spot, you don't necessarily full stack with, like, you don't necessarily chase the five-man stack of a team. I do have five Braves, but uh, other teams, I you go two uh, mini stacks. You combine mini stacks in, into your best lineups. So I've kind of learned. Like I said, I give Chris credit for, for exploring that idea first. I have I, 27 Braves.
0: Is that? Well, yeah, you
1: go. yeah, well, you're a collector for sure. But so, yeah, I'm trying to think of like, I'm looking for two or three Orioles, right, that I want. So obviously, I naturally look at the top of the lineup. I'm thinking, who can I afford? Adley Rushman's a little bit overpriced just because he's so young to me. So I think, so I isolated Mountcastle, Santander, and Mullins, right? These are the three Orioles that I want to add to my teams. I don't have their cards. I want to get a rare and limited of each one. So I found a decent deal on Santander, bought him really quick. Mountcastle was cheap enough, I bought him. And then I picked up the limiteds of all three, but I I'm to, trying to complete the set of my three Orioles that I wanted. I looked at a Cedric Mullins and I I was like, I need this guy for my super rare team because I don't want I have either I have these two like mediocre starting pitchers. And if I don't get if I don't get all three rare Orioles, I'm gonna to have to put a pitcher in the flex. I'm gonna to have to play two pitchers. The only way I can really fill out this lineup. So I saw it was in fact it was my boy Zuby. Zuby's out there. The guy when I won Rare All Stars, Zuby finished second. So we kind of uh, talked on Twitter. That's uh, I don't know him that well, but I uh, I tried to find, friend him on Discord. He hasn't responded to that friend request yet. So, but this guy Zuby, he's selling Cedric Mullins. And he had him listed for like 0.058 and the next cheapest one was like 0.08. So I was like, I should probably just snap this up, but it's a little bit more than I want to pay. Let me make a Jackie Robinson offer. I offer 0.042. I'm thinking, you know, 42, the answer to life, the universe and everything it's going to hit. Uh, but it's, you know, what is that? That's like, uh, that's like 70 ish percent of, of what he's asking. So I, uh, uh, or 80%, let's say. So I, I basically blew it, you know. Uh, he the, he didn't take the offer. It, it sat for 24 hours. His listing expired at .058. He relisted at .09. You know, and so I missed every – all the prices went up on this guy because everybody else clued into the fact the Orioles were playing four games. And now I'm stuck. So I got stuck playing the two starting pitchers, uh, Contreras and Lyles. Contreras pitched – pretty poorly, but got 14 points, but at least he got out of there alive. Lyles took a negative two in game one against the Red Sox in that four-game series, so, yeah, yeah, which is, let you're ahead of me in the Super Rare leaderboard right now, thanks to that negative two. I would have had Cedric Mullins in that spot. Mullins has proceeded to put up 50 points so far, 49 points so far in the game week with the Super Rare bonus. That would have been the mid-50s, so... I blew it by being a cheapo. I, excuse me, a rare bonus. is still would have been up there. But it was. I was pursuing a rare, not a super rare. But by being a cheapo, I cost myself roughly 45 points. I'm now – there's a lot to go in this game week as we record, and there's still two days, so I expect to fall even more. But I'm in the top 10 right now in super rare division. You're in 10th. I in top five currently, Chris. You're in 10th, I mean. Yeah, I would be in first. I would be in first at the time of this recording if I had had those extra 50 points uh, – Instead of a negative two from Lyles, uh, if I'd gotten the the forty nine or from from Mullins, if I just would have paid point oh one six more was uh, for so for just point oh one six, I was too cheap and it cost me a chance to podium and maybe win the super rare division this weekend. This I know that well,
2: speaking. I did the yeah. same thing with Alex Bregman right before that that week that he just went completely haywire and his price has not come back down and. I, that isn't that won. the
1: most pain and so rare, like oh. those, those buys you could have made? I feel like it's so yeah. Rough.
2: It's always me being too cheap. It's all mm-hmm. in like <laughs> in not taking the risk. And every risk I take, it's like, all right, I'll pop up a two. That's fine. But then the ones
1: mm-hmm. you don't
0: make, those are the fifties. And isn't
1: they, it? They they stick with you.
0: Isn't mm-hmm. it worse too when you, you know, you do something like that, and you wanted to get a card, and you know, you should have a card don't have a card you always know everybody else in that lineup's going to go off <laughs> yeah. you know mm-hmm. like San dare has got almost 100 points and we're only like, 2 games in you know it's yeah. wild he's at two he's home, got runs. Four home runs he's hit yeah. two home runs back to back nights um like everybody in the top 10 pretty much has Sansa there i think there's a couple that don't but uh yeah it's it's wild how that works out sometimes you know what's uh, cool
2: about him just a small little baseball thing Santander was in the Cleveland organization and Baltimore used a rule five pick on him way before he was ready. So they had to stash him on their 25 man roster for an entire season to keep him. And he was like historically bad. And eventually they just put him on the DL and he just sat. And I mean, like, I don't even know that he made it out of double A yet, but for some reason they saw something in this guy who was not even a top like 35 prospect with Cleveland and he has been a very good player on the team that's kind of coming, like Trippin said, like pushing for a playoff spot that no one expected. So I think that's awesome. So him being from the Cleveland organization, I'd I'd root for him even harder, but that's just a cool story.
0: Definitely not complaining that I have a super right now. Let's just put it. Yeah, I bet. Um yeah, should be an interesting game week. Hopefully that works out. Uh, now I, I hear that you've got a bit of a, give, a giveaway going over on your YouTube channel. You got a Kyle Schwarber that you're giving away. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, we're giving away Kyle Schwarber limited. Uh, all you got to do is subscribe to the So Rare First Pitch YouTube page. We're just gonna randomly select the winner from our subscribers. Uh, announce it on the. Friday show uh if it is recorded if I have power we might have to uh, do it on Monday but uh, that'll just give more people more time and then I'll get to play on this weekend he's like my top projected player but uh <laughs> yeah all you got to do is uh f- subscribe over there you don't have to like retweet any of that stuff it helps it helps me like you but
1: uh, just do it out of the kindness of your heart
2: yeah
0: yeah so when you say randomly cool. select you mean select one of the two of us correct <laughs> yeah yeah okay definitely. i just i just wanted to make sure i because so. I, I got him a subscriber good man there you go yeah he was uh
2: yeah. the Schwarber was the first like first t2 that i won and uh it actually when i scrolled upon him i was like ooh, it hurts to give this one away but we're launching the new youtube page so it's time so Is he a
0: 2 it's he was oh. at the time i won. i was gonna he's say he's leading the national league in home run <laughs> and he's got 40 homers Who doesn't surely he's gotta be a t1 <laughs>
2: There's been that, some that, weird. There's been some weird tears.
1: Yeah, it's not a true. good giveaway if it doesn't hurt just a little bit, you know. Otherwise, you're just tossing away trash. You, if you win this giveaway, you'll know that you've you've taken a small piece of Alex's soul. So that's like an extra prize.
2: That's true. That's very <laughs> true. You can take that with you forever.
0: Out here taking people's souls. Me. Here we go. Subscribe to the YouTube. You also have a <laughs> Patreon page as well. Uh, people can find you on Twitter. Patreon will have. All Of the links in the show notes, we really appreciate the time. Hopefully, you stay safe down there. Hopefully, you're feeling well enough. Um, it's gonna be a maybe a long week here for you, but we'll, we'll uh, try to get you through. Appreciate you coming yeah. on, though.
2: Hey, this is gonna be this appearance is gonna be what pushes me through. It was nice to connect with y'all finally, and I'm uh, I'm blessed to be on the show. Thanks,
0: yeah, perfect.